Hey, e-commerce marketing podcast listener. I wanted to let you know that we have created a six-month guide to marketing your e-commerce store. You can download this guide by visiting getosi.com forward slash guide or by texting getosi to 33444. This guide will show you how to get more traffic, sales, and conversions for your online store. Get the guide right now by visiting getosi.com forward slash guide or by texting GETOSI to 33444. Welcome back, everyone, to the e-commerce marketing podcast. I am your host, Arlen Robinson. And today we have a very special guest, Chloe Thomas. Chloe Thomas is an e-commerce expert focused on e-commerce strategy and marketing to help e-commerce people make better decisions as they build their path to success. She's the author of several books, keynote speaker and advisor and host of the e-commerce master plan podcast. Her latest book is an amazon.com bestseller entitled customer persuasion, how to influence your customers to buy more and why an ethical approach will always win. Welcome to the podcast, Chloe. How's it going? Oh, hey, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yes. Yeah, not a problem. Well, um, yeah, you have a pretty exciting background. I, I took a little look <laughs> at you. you. You seem to be kind of making a name for yourself over there in the in the UK. And, you know, what I always like to do is find out a little bit about how how my guests have gotten started. So really, how did you really get started in the industry and how did you become an expert in e-commerce? I'll give, I'll give you kind of like the, the the semi-long version because there's some entertaining points or I hope entertaining points in it anyway sure. I started when I left uni I got a job at Barclays Bank in their marketing department and after about 18 months realized I didn't want to work in banking mm-hmm. so applied to every marketing job going trying to leave the bank and the first company I got I got the yes from was a U- UK high street retailer who ran a mail order catalog and also an online website back in 2004 2005 this would have been mm-hmm. so quite early days and I went to there went there to look after their catalog marketing and got the e-commerce bug whilst I was there and slowly okay slowly got myself involved in ever more amounts of the e-commerce side of things then after two Christmases there I moved on to work for a business who was running the mail order side of a number of different mail order businesses, about six, seven, eight different retailers. And there I was their head of e-commerce. So I got to be the kid in the candy shop. It was back when, you know, they all kind of had a vaguely pasted together website where a catalog would mail and maybe maybe two weeks after the catalog mailed the right products would be on the website but a couple of them would have been missed off because they hadn't got a photo or something you know back back in those days i remember those days (laughs) yeah but it was it was so it was very cool building the first websites for all of them you know and it was like going into a client and going have you ever sent an email yeah i sent emails all the time no no to your customers have you ever sent an email to your customers they'd be like no how many wow. emails have you, email addresses have you got? Oh, let me have a look. Oh, we've got 60,000. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. So I, I got to really play around for a few years there and then turned that into a kind of consultancy marketing agency that I sold beginning of last year. And then five years ago, I started e-commerce master plan where I write books, speak at events, advise customers, um, just really do all I can to help e-commerce business owners 
become more successful primarily on you know trying to find the traffic side of things but right. of course you can't you can't improve the traffic and the sales without touching on the website and often the branding and you know the whole the whole nine yards really sure you're most definitely well yeah that's uh, that sounds awesome uh, and actually for my U.S. listeners that aren't familiar with the terminology uni, I, I'm familiar with your schooling system a little bit because I, I watch a lot of uh, British TV shows, so I'm familiar <laughs> with what uni is. Why don't you explain what uni is to oh. my U.S.-based listeners? So, oh gosh, I don't know if I can turn it into American terms, but um, basically I, I was actually at Oxford University okay. where I studied history. Okay. So that's where I was from the ages of 18 to 22. Right. So where, where we get our degrees, so I, I guess, it would it be the equivalent of being at Harvard or Princeton or something? Yeah, so it would be a university. I, I know it's after your what your guys' equivalent of our high school is. Of course, you would go to university. But I, I thought there was another level prior to that that you guys go to in your educational system. We, we do like college where we – we're like at college from 16 to 18 where we take A-levels. Gotcha. And then right. we go – degrees after that, that and then the, you can go post-grad after that. Gotcha. That so that's what it is. So it's the 16 yeah. to 18 period where you're taking pretty much college level courses and then after that you can go on to uni. That's the next level. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I have, gotcha. to, I have to admit I watch an awful lot of American TV and I still, when they say grades I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and, but but like 37 years into watching American TV and I still haven't bothered to look it up. It's it's weird, isn't it? The things we just let pass us by. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, I've just picked up that school system just because, like I said, I've watched a lot of, a lot of British shows on Netflix. And, you know, these days there's a ton of content. So, um, you know, it, it makes all of us uh, so global. But, yeah, thanks for breaking that down. You know, we're going to be kind of focused on, you know, really your background with e-commerce b2b e-commerce specifically business to business i knew i, I know i do have a, a large audience base of businesses that sell to other businesses you know you're an expert in that arena so what i want to first find out is you know what typically what uh, what would, must a business typically do differently to attract other businesses to their websites as opposed to you know attracting consumers is there you know is there a big difference and what are some of the things that you've noticed that you've guided your customers to do yeah it's um it's an interesting one i've been i've been involved with b2b e-commerce pretty much from when i probably for the last 10 years i would say as a rough guess um you know like helping people take their wholesale business online and and then once they've got it online helping them grow the sales and it's actually i know a lot of people would think and apologies to your listeners, this is not what I think. But a lot of people think B2B e-commerce is the dull side of e-commerce. Right. I actually think at times, and, and B2C customers, I'm sorry about this. I, th- I actually think sometimes it's more fascinating than B2C because the, the types of customer are so much more diverse. You have, when you're a B2B e-commerce business, some, sometimes, depending on what products you're selling and who your target is, your customers behave like normal consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, you know, the one, the one man consultancy who needs to buy some paper for his printer behaves just like the average man on the street when he wants to buy paper for his printer. He nips down to Staples right. or he goes online and orders it from Amazon, basically. Right. You know, and, and for the biz, you know, the stationary business who's trying to service him, actually they're, they're servicing him like he would be a consumer. But then you go right the way through to the B two B businesses who are 
Um, there's a case. I, so I have another book called B2B E-commerce Master Plan, and there's a case study in there from a business who sell industrial parts. They're called industrial ancillaries, and they sell to people who are keeping factories running. Okay. Now, that customer buys in a completely different way to the consumer. Right. You know, they are. They only want you when they've got a got a massive problem, and they want that part, and they're going to buy on a part number. And they're, they're just completely different. You're the only person they kind of come to. So, mm-hmm. so when it comes to what do you do to attract the customers to your website and to get them to buy, I think it some for some B2B e-commerce businesses, it's very similar to all the consumer marketing that's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about being on Google. It's about being on the right social networks. It's about building the relationship as you would with any consumer. But for some, it's completely different. So I think right. to find the right marketing, you have to start by understanding your customer. Right, right. That's that's very important. I, I had on a previous episode of the podcast, I talked to another gentleman where we talked about divine, defining the customer's persona. And that's very key. And I think, like you said, regardless of whether you're selling to other businesses or to, you know, just consumers, that's that's really one of the things that you want to do early on in the business, if not, you know, at the inception of the business, because, you know, you've got to figure out who it is you're, you're selling to, who is that ideal customer, and then, you know, your marketing effort, yeah. efforts can be channeled behind that and um, pointed in the direction of where those particular types of people. So yeah, that's very important. But, but the the very cool thing for the B two B e commerce operator is that usually you've got a much closer relationship with your customers than the B two C e commerce business has because until you go e commerce, you've mm-hmm. been you've been going to their office Mm -hmm. to speak to them to get the order or they've been phoning you on a regular basis you know every week or every day to place those orders so you've actually you actually already know you've seen the whites of their eyes you know a lot more about that avatar Mm -hmm. about that persona than the b2c which can make it a lot more straightforward to work out how to get the marketing right to go to them because what i find with the bigger the more kind of traditional, in inverted commas, B2B businesses, you know, the wholesalers, the manufacturers, is that when they move online, they kind of have a two-pronged marketing challenge mm-hmm. or, or, you know, getting people to the website challenge. One is the opportunity of getting new customers to find you and start buying from you. But kind of the, the bigger one is how do you get your existing customer base to start using that website, you know? Right, if they right. If they're used to picking up the phone and placing their order with Tracy – every Friday mm-hmm. and now you want them to go on the website and do it themselves it's a it's a big leap for that customer so there's a lot you have to do on the adoption front to get the customers adopting the new method other than just simply churning through new customer acquisition yes yeah that's you're, you're definitely so right about that it's and so it in entail the relationship is like you said it's different but in it actually really is a lot stronger of a relationship because you know you're you're dealing with another business on the other end that's making a and then depending on what it is you're selling making a purchasing decision for that particular mm-hmm. business and you know there's a lot of depending on the type of business it is and what it is you're purchasing you know there's a lot that kind of can go beyond goes behind that you know it's not like you're just coming there doing a one-off purchase and then you know kind of a high and buy it especially if it's a, a business that you're going to be continually purchasing from 
yeah, is, is, is something that where, you know, the relationships can definitely go deeper. And uh, one of the things that you did mention really kind of brings me to my next mm. question when you're kind of defining the differences between, you know, a B2B business versus B2C. You know, a B2B business is is, is getting their site set up and, and trying to figure out the best way to provide their product or services. What should be different with regards to the checkout process or the purchase order process? And I know it's kind of a general question and it, it can vary based on the business, but are there some key things that a business needs to consider when that when they're thinking about that whole purchase or checkout process? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the first thing to bear in mind whenever you're working on a checkout process is you've got to make it as frictionless as possible. So as easy for the customer to kind of place that order and go, oh my God, I've already placed the order. That's brilliant. Because there was so little friction as they go through it. Mm-hmm. And the thing about B2B, you know, the business customer is that they have different friction points. You know, if you think about how they're placing that order, it's a very different scenario to what you would get on a standard B2C e-commerce site. So you want to make sure you've got things like in the checkout itself, the option to pay by invoice. You know, most business customers want to get an invoice at the end of each month. They don't want to have to put their credit card details in each time they check out. So there has to be that invoice. And, and if you're going to go for the invoice thing, then then it's also got to be integrated with your payment system mm. and your CRM and your account management software so that you can match that up with what their credit limit is. Right. Yeah. So that that whole mechanic has to be in there together with, and you mentioned it earlier, you might have different people with different roles and responsibilities in the business. So it might be you want to be able to, you want the people in the branches, you know, across the country, each store manager to be able to place their order. But centrally, that's got to be signed off by the purchasing manager at head office. Mm-hmm. So it's possible to get your e-commerce site to manage that entire process. So it's really easy for your customer as a whole from the branch manager through to the head office team and the accounts team to manage their relationship with you via that platform, which saves so much time in manpower. So your team can then get on with selling and chatting and upselling rather than, you know, doing the minutia of everything. So Mm -hmm. the whole kind of invoice credit limit purchase order sign off side of things has to be in that checkout and has to be done in a way that works if that's how your customers buy from you. The other kind of changes in terms of getting the purchase kind of happen just before the checkout. So a B2B, a business customer will frequently buy the same product again and again and again. Right. You know, you might have thousands, tens of thousands of of different products, but your each customer will probably have the same 10 or 20 they buy Mm -hmm. each time. So to create like a personalized bestsellers list, so not the bestsellers of what everybody on your platform buys, but what that particular customer buys. Here's what you buy the most. So they can do a very quick order Mm -hmm. or they can go back and see previous orders. Mm -hmm. And so those are the very key functionality for most B2B e-commerce sites. And then the other one is what we used to call back in the mail order days, gosh, going back a few years now, is like the quick catalog lookup. Mm -hmm. So they can just enter those SKUs, you know, those codes, those item codes from your catalogs, because we all know that, you know, a really good B2B customer will know the codes of the products they frequently order. So if that's how they want to order, just putting those codes in, putting in the quantities and bang, there's the order, then you need that on the website as well. So there's 
there's lots of different ways you can go to make it easy for them and to, re to remove that friction. Yeah, that's that's definitely so true. And, and one of the things I thought about when you were mentioning providing, you know, like an order history, stuff like that for these types of for B2B e-commerce solution, it, you almost need to provide in a way I mean, it depends on the customer, but you almost need to provide some forward facing analytics to that customer because like you said you know you're getting your site is getting all this data of what that particular business is ordering from month to month or, or however often and so they you know they're busy running their business and it really in order to kind of prove improve your whole sales cycle if you're able to provide them with as much analytics about okay you know maybe at the end of the year you can provide them with some analytics like all right it seems like during the months of um, you know, January and February, there was a spike in your ordering of this product. I mean, you know, the businesses that are ordering, they probably already yeah. know this or they may already know this, but, you know, maybe they don't. But it's all it would be a good reminder so that, you know, they you would kind of stand out in that type of situation because, you know, you're they're They're seeing that, you know, you're taking the time to look at what they're ordering and then kind of help give them some suggestions as to, you know, how to best make adjustments on you know what it is they're ordering the times that they may need to order and and get products uh, fulfilled completely you know if you can go back to them and go actually if you you know based on your ordering history we can see that if you bought this in a larger pack size mm -hmm. you would be saving x dollars per month and you you know the product wouldn't be going off you know so it's going to be this would be in your in your interest and interestingly once you start getting into that kind of data you can then start creating some really quite quite cool um well in, you know if you're like me this is really cool uh so really cool marketing automations where you're seeing this person hasn't ordered Mm -hmm. or this one of your branches hasn't ordered or they've ordered, you know, flagging up the alerts to the person who's signing off the purchase orders of this is a really odd order from these guys. I think they might have screwed up. Yeah. You know, they may yeah. have hit the 10 instead of the one or something. Definitely. So there's there's loads of, of levels once you've got all the data centrally that you can you can really improve things for the customer. Yeah, for for sure. And uh, you know, speaking of providing all of these things in the in the whole purchasing experience what, in your experience, or in your opinion, what are some e-commerce shopping cart solutions or e-commerce solutions that are better for B2B? And is there any that you could recommend? Well, yeah, it's, um, I always say that you should look at what your requirements are mm -hmm. and then find the person who can match that. I'll preface that with that little warning. Right. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to go, oh, Chloe said I had to go with this. I'm not <laughs> saying you have to go with any of these. I'm saying they're a good starting point. Sure. So it, what's been really interesting is over the last couple of years, the options for the B2B business have really, have really improved. Mm -hmm. So you now have pretty good solutions that can be built and adapted on the Magento platform. Also, okay. Shopify Plus can do an awful lot of the B2B okay. pieces, which is great news because it makes you know makes life a lot easier. Um, there are also a lot of brilliant, specifically B2B agencies, because it's not just about the right software. It's also about finding a team who are familiar with the challenges of B2B. Mm -hmm. If you speak to most people who only ever build B2C websites, all that functionality we were just talking about, it wouldn't even occur to them to suggest it to you. Yeah, it's true. So if, you, if you're going down this route for the first time, which a lot of B2B businesses now are, then to find a partner to build that website 
an agency to build that website who've been there and done that is going to save you so much time. So in the UK, we've got an absolutely fantastic one called Aspidistra. Okay. Um, who specialize in sage integrations so if you want all that clever account management peer purchase order numbers credit limits and all that kind of stuff and you're on on the sage platform they are just like the obvious guys to go to because it's what they specialize in okay i don't know of anyone in the u.s so apologies to okay. uh, to your, your listeners but but there are some some phenomenal businesses out there so yeah. it's it's kind of like you have to do a little bit of hunting to find the B2B guys, but they are awesome when you find them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you mentioned Shopify Plus. I don't know too much about the, their Plus platform. I know Shopify, regular Shopify for, for B2C is, is great. But, you know, they've, they've been leaders in the B2C space. So I don't imagine their their Shopify Plus platform really you know, probably has all the all the bells and whistles and everything that, that you would need for, for B2B. Um, yeah, it's um, Plus is like... Well, it's like Shopify Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it's it's still a B two C product, mm-hmm. okay. but it also but it's now got the potential to be B two B. It's got the potential to do a lot more. So it's kind of I I would say, and I'm guessing here completely. I haven't spoken to anyone at Shopify about this, but mm-hmm. my guess is it's like the enhanced package that they've built to make sure they can keep. The, their existing Shopify customers with them as they get larger and larger and larger turnovers. Right. So it's just a little bit more nuts and bolts than is in the original Shopify. Gotcha. But it's a it's a very very nice platform. Okay, great. One of the things that I always like to to look at, and this I think can help the audience, is you know who who are some of the large successful B two B e commerce companies that are doing great things, and what can small businesses learn from what they've done if there's like a couple specific key things that you think about that you know you can maybe point to that some big some of the bigger guys are doing that some of the smaller guys can can kind of glean and learn from yeah of course in the these are going to be uk examples but i think you guys your your listeners can still get a fair fair amount from them so in the uk we have some amazing businesses in the b2b sector the two i would kind of frame up as being proper full-on b2b e-commerce as we like to think about it would be Screwfix, who sell uh tools and screws mm-hmm. and all those kind of like diy items okay. and they sell both to consumers and to trade because of course the the average builder behaves quite like a consumer mm-hmm. so they and they marry the so you can just you can just go on their website and just place an order you can create yourself a trade account with all the nuts and bolts that that involves they have trade counters that you can go to to physically get the product they have a catalog so they combine all these complex channels and they do it in such a brilliant way and one of the things i just absolutely love about what they do is their constant focus on their customers needs so they for the last four or five years now if not possibly longer They've had next day delivery for free mm-hmm. if you place your order by 7 p.m. in the evening and so long as you spend 20 pounds, which is about $40. Mm-hmm. And that is just kind of groundbreaking delivery service. But they know and they've, they've built it. They've found ways of delivering this because they know that the majority of their customers are guys who've spent their day on the building site. They've got back home and gone, oh, my God, for tomorrow I need this. And they need that delivered the next day or they can't deliver for their customer so i I think it's that that real focus on customer service another great one in the uk is nisbet's n-i-s-b-e-t 
S, mm-hmm. who sell cake products for the catering industry. Mm-hmm. So chefs, whites and knives and all the rest of it. And they, again, have a very, very strong focus on what their customer needs. Um, and I think that's that's kind of what the, the big guys have really got is they've built the systems and the processes and the options and the services that their customer desires. So what I would recommend to your your listeners is if they're in the B2B space and they want to improve their e-commerce, they want to go e-commerce, is to identify people who are serving a customer base with similar needs to themselves mm-hmm. and look at what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's You kind of hit it right on the nail because, you know, I always think that you can, you know, there's somebody out there that is doing what you're doing, but maybe just at a larger scale. And so, you know, a lot of times there's really no need to try to reinvent the wheel and you can really learn a lot from just, you know, like looking at another business in a similar space, but that may just be at a higher level. So that's, that's some great advice. And And I mean, the, mm -hmm. can I give you one more example? Oh, sure. Okay. So the really big one to watch at the moment is Amazon. Mm-hmm, yeah. who have now launched Amazon Business. In the UK, they've been pushing it for the last maybe three or four months mm-hmm. and slowly rolling out new functionality. And it's very interesting, I find, to see how they're doing that and how they're, they've they basically decided we're now in the world of B2B. Right. Uh, we now have you know, purchase order numbers and this and that and VAT, which has always been a problem if you're a business buying on Amazon to try and get the VAT mm-hmm. you know, and the sales tax and all of that. So I think that they're one which I think it's you know given how phenomenally good they are at e-commerce they're one which if I was you know a B, any B2B business I would be keeping an eye on what Amazon's doing both in terms of as the threat to their own business but also to see what I can pick up and learn and adapt from what they're doing yeah yeah for sure yeah you definitely all I think all eyes are on Amazon for <laughs> you know, a number of reasons they're uh, oh, yeah. they're, they're giants in the space and so it's going to be interesting to see yeah, where that goes for sure and uh, so Chloe one of the things I always like to wrap up with is getting some final advice saying, well, what do you think is the one thing an e-commerce business can do right now to, to help their business grow, get traffic and get sales? Um, and, you know, it can be anything related to an e-commerce business. Cool. I hope this doesn't sound like a cop out, but my answer would be to focus on building the human connection with customers and prospective customers. Hmm, okay. By which I mean um, that you have, it's quite easy in e-commerce to forget that your customers are humans, Mm. as bizarre as that sounds, Um, (laughs) because they're they're numbers on a sheet, you know, a lot of the time. And what is fundamental about human beings is that we buy from people we like and we buy from people we feel we have a connection with. And the more your business can make someone feel, the more likely they are to buy from you and the more they will buy from you. That's a quote that's that's a kind of destroyed quote from uh, Daniel Kahneman, who's a Nobel Prize winning neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he knows his stuff. Right. Um, and so practical ways to go about doing this because I know there people listening going, okay, that's all well and good, Chloe, but but what do we actually do? Um, it's things like you know on your about us page, don't just have your address and your phone number. Tell people about why you created the business, why you why you chose the products that you've got. Have a picture of your team and the you know the warehouse. Show them behind the curtain, and you know build it a bit that way. And then I think welcome campaigns. You know, so when someone first buys from you or when they first sign up to your emails, to put some of that content out in your welcome campaign as well. I think is is a hugely powerful way to do it. And if you can manage to find a way of putting it on your homepage, then so much the better. But that can often be a bit more challenging. So it's 
kind of revealing the humans and the thoughts of the humans behind the business to attract more humans to the business to get them to buy. Yeah, that's that's definitely so true. A lot of businesses that are e-commerce forget that a lot of times and, you know, they kind of remain behind a the virtual wall, so to speak. And, yeah. you know, the human connection definitely can go a long way because, you know, bottom line is people people purchase from companies they like they and or people they like, you know, so if you're able to create a rapport and kind of open, uh, uh, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit and, and show what's going on, who the individuals are that are behind the company, yeah, that, that can definitely go a long way. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's actually a tip that I never actually had before. And um, yeah, I'm sure our, our listeners would appreciate it. Well, Chloe, well, I definitely appreciate talking to you today and, and, and all of the insightful advice that you've provided. Now, if my listeners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, well, if they head over to ecommercemasterplan.com, nice and easy, hopefully to remember that one, um, they can find out all about me. You can find links there to all my books. There's five of them about e-commerce in total. Don't worry, I'm not going to read out the names of them. Um, but based on the content we've been talking about today, probably B2B e-commerce master plan is very relevant. And then that human connection would be customer persuasion, which you kindly mentioned in the intro. Uh, but you can find out all details of all of those on the website, details of the podcast and everything else I'm up to is at ecommercemasterplan.com. Okay, great. Well, thanks again, Chloe. It was great talking to you and you have a great rest of your day. Oh, it's been marvelous talking to you too. Thank you, Arlen. Sure. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce marketing podcast. To access e-commerce videos and other resources to help your business grow, please visit getosi.com forward slash videos. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for e-commerce marketing podcast and please leave a rating and a review. Thanks for listening. See you next time.